Yabola Bajanda Baradasa Tabala Gadasa Igeborodobos Yabalaza Sonda Bakada Yakada Leke Surabayandalalaba Italabahaya Sabura Taya Lakabaro Dosoto Barata Zata Sakaburata Zata Lakababrata Zata Oh Moroba Lakada Lekada Renebosa Shitabolata Seteke Borata Come on pray in the Holy Spirit Sakababrata Zata Lekatos Oh, some people are not praying. I need to, you need to move your mouth. This is not time for silent prayer. Pray out. Speak out. Makanta lagabosa lagrada sata rede soto babrata sata shanta lagababrata sata subabrata sata lagababrata sata subabrata sata lagababrata sata yanta la mandolo sakata lagada rabala sata lagababrata sata lalaba rubasata lalaba babrata sata lalaba. Sumatalata <laughs> Come up, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, 
Thank you, Lord. My hand it is. Yabakasataya. Ikaburada sataya. Into labarata sota babrada sata. Yandele babrada sata lakasata. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We honor you this morning. We bless your name. Thank you because you're a good God. And Lord, your word says, perfect love cast out of fear. We're not afraid of Nigeria. We're not afraid of our future. We're not afraid of our prosperity. We're not afraid of our protection. Your love provides everything that we need. Thank you for being such a good God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have worship. One more time, let's raise the roof this morning. And give the Lord a shout. Give him a shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Please take your seat this morning. Quickly go to Psalm 92, our text scripture. Let me tell your neighbor, you flourish. You flourish like a palm tree. All right, let's go. I want us to read together as usual. Everybody, it's important we soak this um, piece of scripture into our hearts throughout this year. So that it begins to work. The interesting thing about the word of God, once it is planted, it begins to work by itself. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That's the beautiful thing about the word of God. Once it is planted, just like any other seed, it begins to work by itself. You can be sleeping and the word will be working. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's important you plant it into your heart. So let's read the three scriptures back to back. One, two, go. Flourish in the courts of our God. Bring forth in old age and shall be fat and flourishing. Hallelujah. He said, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. 
And he said, they shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. He said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So we started last week by saying one of the secrets to flourishing is to be planted. So if you are planted, then you will flourish. So this year, be planted. Let me tell you, neighbor, be planted. Be planted. There are too many freelance Christians. Too many independent Christians. I just want to do my own thing. You know, the way God is leading me. <laughs> yes, you, you will always have your own individual leading, but it will not cancel the fact that you must belong to a house where God still gives a group or a house leading. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's all in the scripture. So you have to follow the full Bible. You, you can't just say, oh, I have the Holy Spirit, so um, I'm going to just do what I like when I like it. That's not how Christianity works. You must be a part of a house. And you must be planted. Trees don't get upset and just relocate themselves. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So I'm just tired. I will just move to another church. No, you stay planted. In season and what? Out of season. You will never get God's best if you keep uprooting yourself. So be planted. Second thing I want us to notice in that scripture, and that's what we're going to focus on a bit this morning. Um... It says, go, go back to verse 12. It says, um, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. I like the next line. He shall do what? He will grow. If you are going to flourish, you have to grow. It's interesting. When they describe the palm tree, they described flourishing. Or when they described the cedar, they described growing. Or growth. So you have to grow. Let me tell you, neighbor, you have to grow. Look at him for me. Put on your preaching voice. Tell him or her in 2023, you have to grow. Some of you are not doing it well. You, 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 you. That's why you don't appreciate me preaching every Sunday. This morning you are going to preach. Put on your preaching voice. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. In 2023, you have to grow. Turn to the next person and say, listen to me, child of God. In 2023, you have to grow. Do, mm. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know why the love mm, part and that, mm. And why the hope, listen to me. If you never chop belly you know if you do that, you know. Those people they do and they don't chop. If you don't chop, you go cut on You don't hook me. What? You go hook you too true. Praise God. I discovered that it's important how you learn Christ. How you learn Christ is important. And sometimes what we learn is people's personality is not Christ. It's the individual fragrances in the body and the individual flavors and that is not Christ. And some people want to make it become Christ. So I'm very particular about people learning Christ. It's important. And this doesn't mean you, you despise those flavors, but you need to be able to separate. <laughs> you know, and the more and more I, I study God and study humans, because part of my job involves dealing with humans, I discover that, you know, some humans just, you know, want to impose personality on scripture. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Cholerics, we always brag about 
interesting things. Because they are cholerics. That's why Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. When did they do the tongue speaking competition? Who was measuring it? <laughs> Hallelujah. So I labored more than they all. So if you know colleagues, they use absolutes and they must be the best. In all their description, they must be the best. Praise God. So we must grow this year. How many people are joining the fast, have been fasting? All right. If you have not been fasting, join this week. How long is this fast? How, how long have we done? Only five. No, how is it five? Now it's not Monday Saturday. Eh? How is today the fifth day now? Why do Saturday Wednesday? It's one, from Wednesday to Wednesday to the end of the month. I'll start early. We just did five days since that time. Praise God. I mean, in my own mind, I thought I started since this. Okay, it's fine. But you see, um, when, when you get in the flow, it's no longer um, long. All right? So, if you have not joined the fast, part of my challenge to you this morning is to join. Join from tomorrow. Praise God. Um, the, the average, again, the average Nigerian is not yet practicing pure Christianity. It's still a mix of his traditional beliefs and all those things. Um, we need to understand that there's a big difference between an Old Testament fast and a New Testament fast. So sometimes when I do some posts and I see some reactions, I'm like, oh, so people don't know these things all over the world. So what are, what are, what are believers learning? What are, they, what are they doing? What are they learning? You know, because these are basic things I don't even bother to teach because I feel, oh, no, everybody knows this kind of thing. But every once in a while, when you encounter people from outside of a proper word-based church, you find that people have all kinds of beliefs. Some people actually think when we fast, it makes God do something that he was not going to do. You know, there are people that really believe this. That, ah, this is not working, just fast. Wow. I didn't know that. In, New, in the Old Testament, you need to understand that they did not have God's favor. They did not. So what used to happen was that every time they messed up, they saw bad things. Every time they did well, they saw good things. So they were always going from back, good to bad, bad to good. If you've read Old Testament, you will see that a lot. They will behave well, they will be blessed. They will behave badly, somebody will capture them as slaves. Or take over their land, or they will lose their battle. Then they will come back and say, oh God, they will tear their garment. That's how they used to repent those days. You tear them and pour ashes on your head. Then they will repent. Then things will be okay. Then they will start enjoying life again. Then things will become bad. So that's how it was going. So in those days, when you fasted, you were actually trying to get God to do something. But a New Testament fast is not like that at all. You are already in a place of favor and in a place of peace with God. When the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 2, describing us coming from being dead in sins and into being God, they said he is our peace. Talking about Christ. That Christ is our word, peace. What does this mean? What does this mean? What it, what it means, DJ, be typing, you know. Where's Femi? When, what does it mean by he's our peace? It means that right now, he has settled every grievance, every 
um, um, deficiency, every issue we had we have with God. So if you're born again Christian, you are the place of favor with God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Look at what it says. For He is what our peace. Peace here is talking about we have now settled with God. The death of Jesus Christ has paid off every debt. In those days, they had to pay their debt themselves. In the old covenant. If the old covenant was perfect, we wouldn't need a new covenant. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, the word testament means covenant. That's what it means. So, they are just saying old covenant, new covenant. And it's not like we did away totally with the old covenant. It's kind of like we upgraded the terms and conditions. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So somebody could move into my house as a staff or as a house help. If I adopt them, I've done what? Upgraded their status in my house. Now, some things will still remain the same. But some things will obviously not remain the same. So for instance, for instance, if you were my staff, my giving you money was dependent on how you perform. If you become my child, it doesn't matter how you perform. Now, it's good you perform well, because that will make me happy and that will make your life better. But you are covered irrespective of how you perform. So, the Old Testament fast was very different. The way you punish your staff is not how you punish your kids. I can never forget. I went to uh, one of the best schools um, at the time, secondary schools at the time. I always do, God always gives me the best things. Um, I just wanted to brag. No, that was not important to the message, but hey. So, but really, my second school was one of the best. Um, most of the top government officials then were in my school. A lot of rich people. You know, it was very mixed school. They were also poor people. It was very, mixed, very good balanced school because you see life. You will see very rich, very poor in the same school. And they all lived together in harmony. And yes, they did. <laughs> it's just that some were regularly oppressed. Uh, some were oppressing. And those who were present were just being themselves because that's the level of life they were used to. Mm-hmm. You do summer, you don't spend summer in Nigeria. You are abroad and you go and shop. You come back, you see your watch. We you know that you travel. We too, we travel. But to the east, not Middle East, east in <laughs> in Nigeria. So, so those days, whenever um, we did bad things and parents came and some parents would be so disappointed in their child and they would say, you, "You mean you joined these boys to go and do these things?" In fact, I'm pulling you out of this school. I'm sending you to America. I said, sir, we are a group. We did it together. We all committed to together. I'm telling you, most of my very good friends did not finish in school. And when they did not finish school, they finished abroad. That's punishment. That's the punishment. So the way you punish your son is not how you punish your staff. Is somebody get what I'm saying? So, there is an upgrading of that covenant. So, in the New Testament, we do not fast to get God to do something for us. If you read through, you see, and every time you, inter- every time you hear a principle or whatever, interpret it in the light of the full Bible. Especially the New Testament. Interpret it in the light of the New Testament. Don't, you, you can't take one thing out of context and mix it. No. What does the Bible say? About asking God for things, what does the Bible say? Mark eleven twenty four, for instance. He said, what things whoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. That's how we get things from God, we ask it. 
In fact, if you are growing as you should be, you should even move beyond where you're always asking for things, where you just walk with the Lord. Matthew 6, 33. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen to the things? They'll be added. So you're not even begging for things. They are being added. Hebrews 11, 6. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Did they say without fasting? I can't hear you. Did they say without fasting? Did they say without prayer? They say without what? Faith is impossible to please God. He said, those that come to him must believe that he is, he is, and he is a what? Rewarder of them that seek who? Seek him. Did they say those that seek things? I can't hear you. They say those that seek things. So, if you seek God, they say you, he will do what? Reward you. He will reward you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, the more you grow, you look at the light of what the Bible says about asking God for things. He said, just ask. There are too many scriptures that say so. Just ask. Ask and you shall receive. Matthew 7, 7. We know that, right? Knock and it shall be opened. It says, seek and you shall what? Find. So, you do, there is nowhere that said you are going to fast in the New Testament. Okay, don't forget. There is a Old Testament. The Old Testament worshiper is different from the New Testament worshiper. The Old Testament worshiper was not spiritually awakened. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? He was not spiritually awakened. So he was relating with God on a physical basis. Because he was not yet spiritual. So everything he had to do with God had to be physical. That's why if you, have to, if you wanted to repent that time, you had to tear your clothes. There's no other way we know you're repenting. You can't say, oh, I feel it in my heart. No, we're not, we're not spiritual. It's purely physical. So they will tear their cloth, they will pour ashes on their head. They will roll on the floor. They will do whatever they need to do. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? They were purely physical. That time, if God wanted to lead them, he used to lead them by the pillar of cloud and by, the, um, by, by day and the pillar of fire by night. Do you understand this? That's how God used to lead them. Everything was physical. If you, ha- if you wanted to pay for your sins, then you have to bring a goat, a physical goat or a sheep or a ram. Hallelujah. Everything was physical. But if you, if you, if you now become a believer, remember when Jesus met the woman by the well, Samaritan woman, and he said, Jesus Christ said, the hour has come. And it now is. That those who worship, DJ, bring that scripture for me. Bring, uh, let me even read. Um, um, give me some verses before that time. Uh, yes, he said. Jesus said unto her, "Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither worship, we shall neither in this mountain nor yet Jerusalem worship." So those days again, remember, everything was physical. You had to go to a physical place to worship. That's why if, I even see some people in this time and age say they want to go to a physical mountain. Those things are very funny. Again, like I said. We are, we are teaching personal preference. If you like mountain, you like scenery, you like nature. Say you like nature. Say it helps you, it helps, it helps you feel closer together. That's fine. But don't turn it to a revelation that when you are in the mountain, God will talk, no, 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 no. So be careful of things like that. And a mountain is good. There are some people that really, when they are by the sea, Oh, they get a feel of they're close to God. That is fine. But don't turn it to a revelation. That, ah, everybody, let's go by the sea. By the seaside. <laughs> you are teaching personal preference. You are teaching flavor. That's not scripture. 
Somebody else can get that same experience when he's in the physical mountain. Somebody can get that experience when he's inside his house. My wife hears God in the bathroom. That's her favorite place. So to now drag her to the mountain, you're wasting your time. She hears God better in the bathroom. Are you following what I'm saying? So a lot of things we teach in Africa is personal flavor. It's not scripture. It's not revelation of the spirit. It's what this person enjoys and he wants to make it a doctrine. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, he said, you will not need to go to any mountain. He was, she was, he was trying to upgrade her thinking because she still saw worship as something he must do in a particular place. This is why many people um, see this physical place as holier than their body. This building is not holier than your body, you see. In those days, the temple of God was a building. But today, where's the temple of God? Inside you. Are you seeing the transition? So if you're comparing an Old Testament worshiper to Testament, you don't understand the Bible. And this is the book of what African Christians, they don't understand scripture, they don't understand that things have changed. There's some difference. The Old Testament worshiper had to go to a physical temple. Now we don't have to go to a temple. The reason why we come to church is not because we're looking for God. That's not why we do church. All these things in the Bible, I don't have time to read everything to you. But how we do church is for me to train you. For me to teach you about God. Not for me to be your God. There are things the church provides. Accountability, teaching, discipleship, gives us a chance to worship together, we strengthen it. There are many things it does. So, um, see, the testimonies I even like the most are not testimonies that said, I prayed for you. I like that, but I don't, I don't love that. The one I love is one that has nothing to do with me. That's do with you and God. I love it because that means you are growing. The, 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 the less you need me, the more I'm achieving my aim. But you see, that's not how Africa works. In Africa, the more people need to gather to me. I'm a powerful man. That means I'm powerful. No. No, you are not. Because my job as a pastor is to train you to be a minister of God. Not for you to depend on the minister of God. And it's there in scripture. I don't have time to read everything for you. But go to Ephesians 4, you will see that there. It said the purpose of a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist is to equip the saints to do ministry. It's not to do ministry to the saints. It's not to pray for the saints. My job as a pastor is not to pray for you. Now, when you're a baby Christian, yes, I'll be praying to raise you. But once you grow, the whole idea is that you can pray. I'm introducing you to your father. Once you know your father, you don't need me for everything. You can talk to your father directly. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? I was teaching somebody yesterday about how a New Testament prophet doesn't give you direction for your life. There are so many Christians that before they do something, they go and ask a prophet. A New Testament prophet doesn't give you... It's in the Old Testament again. Remember, they, didn't, they were not spiritually awakened. So only few people had the Holy Spirit or had the Spirit of God inside them at that time. So a prophet was one of those that did. So you can't do anything those days without going to seek a prophet. That was the MO. That was the modus operandi of, of the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it's, it's abnormal for you to lead direction from God and go and ask the prophet. It's abnormal. So both you and the prophet are wrong. You seeking the Bible and the prophet too. See, those things give people self-importance. They have to ask me before you say, hmm. <laughs> Go right. No, no. There's, if you, again, if you read the whole New Testament, you will never see where a prophet gives somebody direction for their life. The only thing you will see is the prophet confirming what somebody already has in their heart. Somebody get what I'm saying. Give me Ephesians 4. Let me just touch it. Give me where he, 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 gave, he called, gave some men gifts. 
So he gives some what? I can't hear you guys. Give some what? And some what? And some what? And some what? And some what? Why did he give them this gift? Why did he call them? Look at this. For what? Perfecting. The word perfecting means maturing. So whenever you see perfecting in the Bible, most times it means maturing. It doesn't mean you are without any blemish. No. As a human being, as long as you're on this earth, this whole earth itself is not perfect. can never be perfect. Do you understand? So when you see perfecting, it's talking about maturing. So other versions would have, will explain that. But he said, for the perfecting of the saints, why is he perfecting or maturing the saints? He said, so that the saints can do what? The work of the ministry. And so that they can now edify the body of Christ. Edify means to build up. So they are just saying the same thing. Well, I'm here to build you up. Not to pray for you. Not to read your Bible for you. You need to read in the Bible. Because the real work of the ministry is done outside of here. It's not here we do ministry. When you go out to your workplace, that's where you do ministry. Your, your children, when you minister to them, that's ministry. When you're able to handle the issues of life, you are so, you, you are so vast. The Bible says, it says um, he that does not know how to handle the word of God, is not, he that is not skillful in the word of God is still a babe. DJ, give me that one scripture. So one of the ways we know you are mature is when you are at the point of your life where something is going on and you are able to articulate what does the Bible say about this issue. Where your first reaction is not, let me call pastor. Or let me join a miracle prayer. No, your first reaction is, Holy Spirit, what does the Bible say? You know, give me a scripture that can give me direction in this case. Then you are being mature. Look at this. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Um, in, in the word of righteousness, for he is what? A babe. So when you are unskillful in using the word of God, you are a babe. Is somebody getting this? So he said, the hour cometh, and now is, when those that worship the Father, DJ, yeah. So the hour cometh and now is. Is somebody getting this? At the time, Jesus saw that the hour is coming. He said, in short, it has actually started from this time. He says, um, when the what? True worshippers shall worship the Father, what? In spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to what? Before that time, most of the worship was not in spirit. It was in demonstration. You had to show. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Everything was physical. You had to kill a ram or whatever physically to shed, to, to pay for your sins. But in the New Testament now, we are spiritual beings. We are now spiritually awakened. In Ephesians 2 again, when they say, you had he quickened. That word quickened means you had he made alive. You were alive physically before. No, they are talking about being made alive spiritually. Hallelujah. So you are now made alive. So, a New Testament believer does not fast to make God do something he was not going to do. No. Why you fast now is to sharpen your own sensitivity. Sharpen your spirit man. You know, John the Baptist said something when he saw Jesus. He said, I must decrease and you must increase. So there is a you, and this you is talking about your natural you. It's a hindrance to the spiritual you. Let me paint it like this. In the spirit, eh? Listen, now this will help you everybody. Listen now, listen now. In the spirit, eh? 
you already have everything you will ever need. If you know this thing to annoy you, you get angry. That you are not angry means you don't understand. You know some people need husband. Say, oh God, in the spirit. Hmm? They've provided it. Say, I need house, 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 rent, rent. In the spirit. Hmm? It's been provided. So you're just suffering for nothing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I want to annoy you. If you're not annoyed, you don't get it. Nothing for nothing. This is why when people pray, this is a, if it's God's will. They, 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 what they think is that God is moving today to answer their prayer. No, God has already answered. What we are doing is withdrawing. Oh, somebody's not getting what I'm saying. They've already made the deposit for anything you will ever need. What all we are doing is withdrawing. They are not paying in. They've paid in. Paid in full. That's why when Jesus was going, what what was one of his last words? It is what? Finished. They've paid. All we are doing now is withdrawing. That's all we are doing. So, what fasting does for us is that it transitions our sensitivity, our mind, our spirit, our soul, our body, everything, to move from the natural, in terms of the sensitivity, to being sensitive to the spiritual. Once you are sensitive to the spiritual, you will see all you have, you will have more appreciation of what you have, and you will be able to easily take what you have. So that's one of the benefits, that's in fact the major benefit of fasting. Because the more you eat physical food, physical food makes you more alive to this physical world. Is somebody get what I'm saying? Physical food makes you more alive to this physical world. Spiritual food makes you more alive to the spiritual world. And where are your blessings? Where are your blessings? Yeah, in the spiritual. Every um Ephesians 1 3, blessed be God, the Father of all Jesus Christ, who has done what? Blessed us with what? Where are they? That's where they are. They stored them there. Because that's the only place that can store all. Imagine all of us now. Uh, we all have uh, big, big luggages. Can we keep it inside the service? No, they store all of it in the spirit. Imagine all the cars you will need in your lifetime. Not just one car. You think it's one car you need? What people think it's one car they need? As God begins to bless you, you find that you don't need one car. Because husband needs one car. Wife needs one car. Children need one car. And when you have many people in your house, you need one car for running errands. Because you can't use daddy's Benz to go and buy firewood. Some people don't understand. Then when you have five cars, you know that you need somebody to be washing these five cars. Then you need, you need somewhere for that person to be staying. So you know that this flat can't work. You need a mansion. Then you need water to be running in that mansion. For this guy to watch the five cars. When God started, you find out the things I need are too much. That's why they can't store it now. You withdraw it as that when you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's the same thing with your money. Can you imagine if the world's richest man carries his money everywhere? So what's this big bag? I'm the world's richest man. These truck, these ten trucks are all my dollars. They will rob. The, now even police go rob you. Somebody getting what I'm saying? So you deposit it in the bank, you carry your ATM card, and that ATM card is as valid as you're carrying your whole money. All you need to do is to 
plug it, type in the pin, and withdraw. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, a New Testament believer does not fast to make God do something for him. No. And I, I tell people all the time, I tell people all the time, if you natural parents, none of your children fast for you to do anything for them. It means you are better than the God most Nigerians pray to. My children don't need to fast for me to pay their school fees. In fact, they don't even think about their school fees. That's even very annoying. They have no clue what their school fees is. If they are really young. Do you something again I'm saying? They have no clue. One of the women doing um, lessons for my first daughter told me, told us, better tell this girl how much her school fees is. Because she can be playful. So she wasn't doing maths well. Say, tell her the school fees. Do you understand? Because she didn't know before that time. She's just enjoying her life. And if you, God calls your love as a parent, as a human being, evil compared to his own. He said, if you, being evil, can give good things. Look at it here. Thank you, DJ. DJ whoever is in the is walking. Thank you, whoever you are. <laughs> you are walking. I'm feeling you. <laughs> he said, um, 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 if you, then, be, okay, no, give me the, pre, the preceding verse so that you catch the gist. Because some people don't know these things. Give me, give me, give me. He said, uh, everyone accept receive it, and everyone that seeketh find it, and to him that knocketh shall be open. Give me the next verse. He said, or what man is there of you, whom if his son, you see, so God had to bring the thing to comparison, because if he doesn't do that, some people just think, oh, you know, God's own is different. No, no, he said, look, if you, which man of you is here, if your son asks for bread, we give him a stone. Which man of you? David, is your child a boy or a girl? You have to think, okay. I mean the one with patience, not the other ones. Where is patience, by the way? Patience, where are you? She's not in church. She's coming for second service. She's looking for my trouble every day. She's not a worker. Even if your son is a worker. So what man out there is you? If he asks for bread, we give him a stone. Is there anybody here like that? That your son asks for bread, you give him a stone. Is there anybody here like that? Okay, good. So all of you pass this test. Next one. He says, or if he asks for a fish, we give him a snake. Anybody here like that? You've done that before. So all of you have you've passed the second test. Next, third test. He said, if you then, you, so this is your passing. God calls it evil. If you then, being evil, I told you last week, evil means natural. Because natural to God is evil compared to supernatural. <laughs> sickness is evil compared to health. God doesn't, God doesn't tolerate sickness. He doesn't. Poverty is evil compared to plenty. So say if you, being natural, being evil, can give good gifts to your children. He said, why are you embarrassing me? Why are you, why are you, it's in, in, in law, when you spoil somebody's reputation, what's it called? Is it libel or, uh, eh? I want the legal term. Where are the lawyers now? Slander and what? what? Defamation of character. Which one, which one is libel? Because somebody named that they are not. Is that libel? And it's still correct now. Lawyers, confirm. Where is the, this guy is here now. He's not, call him, he's not listening. He's not, he's not a lawyer. Which one is libel? You can't remember, see lawyer, don't forget. He didn't enjoy, he didn't enjoy the message, don't forget. So, okay. But you guys get the idea, Abby. You are, you, are, you are defaming somebody's character, you are calling them something they are not. He said, if you then, being sinful, evil, sinful by nature, as you are, he said, you know how to give good advantages, advantageous gifts to your children. Say, how much more will your father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, 
give what is good and advantageous to this who them look at asking Is somebody getting this? So for us as children of God, that's the main thing Jesus came to do to upgrade us from servants to children. That's why the prayer our Father which art in heaven to you is an ordinary prayer. They, they wanted to stone him when he said those things in that time because it was crazy. He was saying, look, from now on, God is now your father. They dare not. In those days, you don't even call God God. You don't even say it. You can't pronounce the name of God. You do not do it because you can die. But Jesus now came and said, he's no more that distant, fearful God. He's now father. So we do not fast to, to get God to do things for us. Not at all. Not at all. We fast to be attuned to what God has already done. We fast to lay So fasting is more for you, not for God. It's not, it's, not, it's not a competition. They're not marking scheme for you. They're not saying, how many years days have you done? How many days have you done? I don't see. I see you. You're only 21. You only have seven. I see you. You know. It's not a competition. There's no, you know, some folks, some folks brag about 70 days. How many days have I fasted in my own church? Only 21. You are children. We were doing 70 days. Fasting helps your spiritual fitness. So it's a very useful thing because it helps your spiritual fitness. It helps your spiritual discipline. If you cannot fast, usually you will not be disciplined in every other area of your life. So for those here that say, hey, just look like I will faint. No, 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 no. That means you don't have the discipline required to make spiritual progress. And you see, fasting helps you build your discipline. And it's key about fasting is that when you start, the first day is always horrible. Because your body is rioting. Your body is doing answers. It's rioting. How will you not eat? What do they do to you? What did they do to you? And food even in the house. Not be cooked, they free, so. Not be bread, be that. And the bread soft. What's wrong with this man? <laughs> your body will trouble you all day. But you see, that's the whole reason why you are fasting. So that you will keep him quiet. You make him be quiet. After a while, he won't even have power. He said, you me? <laughs> his voice and energy will keep reducing. And when his voice and energy reduces, you can now be hearing God well. Because what happens is that fasting doesn't make God start to speak. Fasting makes you start to hear. <laughs> God is always speaking. He's a speaking spirit. He's always speaking. But you see, you would never hear God's plan for your life until you fast. When you fast, all the other voices that have been talking to you, the reason why you don't hear God because you are hearing the other voices. And those other voices are louder. You know, empty barrels make what? Loudest noise. They are louder. Hey, let's relocate. Nigeria, don't finish. Go to Canada. Canada is heaven. Hey, bright money. See, they are always shouting. Who are we winning this election? We don't even know where we are going. He's just shouting and shouting and shouting. When you fast. Hey, uh, 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 uh. Uh, I'm trying to go to them, go to them, go to them. You don't quiet. Even your mind too that was running up and down. <laughs> You're quiet. The person that enjoys fasting is your spirit. Because it's light now, it can move. So everybody's quiet. It's now, the whole house now belongs to him. So he now begins to tell you, call you, say, make her come and stand here. Let's talk. These are the things you need to do this year. These are the things you need to do this year. So you are hearing clearly. Not because God is speaking more, but because you have reduced and he has increased. Is somebody getting this? 
So the concept of fasting is that we are removing all distractions to focus our attention on God. Because your everyday life has too many distractions. And if you have to do your 95 while you're fasting, it's okay. It just means keep your mind on spiritual things. And fasting, there are different kinds of fasting. Fasting is not only food. Because if you're fasting food and you're not praying and studying the word, you're starving, you're not fasting. You're starving. And that's what most Africans are doing. They're just starving. And you're checking time for when is the time to eat. You're missing the point. You should be so engrossed in the things of God that you don't even know when his time has passed. So if you're spending your whole time checking time, say, oh boy, when we go break? And you are thinking of what to break with, say, hmm, this break, if I break, I'll milk. <laughs> Milu. If that's what you're thinking. <laughs> of what you used to break. <laughs> you're meditating on what you used to break. You're meditating on scripture. Meditate on the word of God. And check it, your prayer life will be on a new level when you are fasting. You are so sensitive. Your thoughts are so organized. You hear God better. That's what it does. You hear God better. In Acts of the Apostles, say when um, um, they had ministered to the Lord and fasted, he said the Holy Ghost said. They heard God. They, they set themselves apart to fast so that they can hear God better. Fasting changed my own life. That's how I knew I was supposed to be doing what I'm doing today. It's fasting. And it wasn't even a church fast. So apart from this church fast, from time to time, please, as a believer, you must fast. You must fast. Things are not going well in your life. You need to fast to know what God wants you to adjust. You're not fasting because you make God not start doing something he wasn't doing before. It will help you to know what God is already doing or what he wants you to do. Fasting changed my life. Many, many years ago, 1996, I took time to fast. My church wasn't fasting, and I wasn't begging for anything. Again, this is why I'm tired of African Christianity. Now, I'm, all, I'm, I'm almost nauseated every time I hear Africans doing something. It's, it's, about, it's about begging. Everything. Every demon chasing you. Every, what, what is going on? This is the only thing we have going. Okay, so when, when is demon going to stop chasing us? Because there must be a timeline. If not, I'll keep running all my life. Are you getting what I'm saying, somebody? You just watch any preaching in Africa. It's about defeat to victory. Nobody's telling people how to maintain their authority. So, I wasn't praying for anything. I wasn't fasting for any material thing. I just wanted to seek God more and know God more. And that's the one of the best things about fasting. That's what you should do. Not fasting for things. I want, I want papers. <laughs> A good immigration lawyer can tell you how to get papers. You don't need to fast for that one. Are you here, somebody? What you should be fasting for is what God has as a plan for your life. Once he reveals his plan for your life, you will know what to do. Are you here, somebody? So I took time to fast that time, 1996. I didn't even have a beginning or an end to the fast that time. I just said, I just told my, in fact, I told one or two guys around me then to join me in the fast. And we're fasting one, one day, dry fasting. The next day, we'll eat, eat lightly. Don't eat, don't, when you break your fast, don't, don't eat all the food. Again, this is what Africans do. You're breaking by six, for instance. You eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. You are revenging. No, don't revenge. You see, when you do that, all the mileage you have gained before that time, you have scattered it. The whole idea of being light, you have scattered it. It's like somebody dieting. And you, you dieted in the morning, for instance. You just drank smoothie or something in the morning. Then night, you say, okay, flex. You now eat 30 wraps of pandemium. You have just canceled the stress you did in the morning. Somebody get what I'm saying? So when you are breaking your fast, you still break with something light. Very light. One slice of, um, I don't know if that, your, that, our dinner fast doesn't allow bread. But I'm just giving an example, okay? Something like one slice of bread. If it's, if it's um, those bread that have no 
sweet something inside, you know, uh-huh. or something like that, you know. You break some, something that keeps you light enough to pray. Not revenge. So give my morning afternoon, yam and beans, breakfast, bring them. My eba and soup, bring them. My spaghetti for dinner, bring the tray. <laughs> you have defeated the whole process. Are you here, somebody? So then we're doing 24. So like I said, there are different kinds of fast. Again, there are different kinds of fast. There's dry fast morning to night where you don't eat anything. There's fasted life where you, you eat, but you're always eating light throughout your life. You never eat as much as you can eat. There's fasting TV. There's fasting phone. In fact, every day you fast. That's why, because from when you sleep in the night to when you wake up, you didn't eat. That's why the first meal in the day is called what? Breakfast. You are breaking a fast. So, every, so there are different kinds of fast. And again, some people that say, you can't have sex during a fast. You see, that's not Bible. You see, people teach their pastor preference a lot in Africa. It's not scripture. What scripture does say is that there are different kinds of fast and that if you want to include not having sex in your fast, it can't be for a long time. So it can't be a 21-day fast. If you're a married couple, you shouldn't be away from sex for 21 whole days. It has to be a short thing, and they say you can't even do it by yourself. It has to be with consent. You see, they don't follow the Bible in Africa. You just share anything you like. If you go back to the, what does the Bible say? Did you agree with scripture? It said the fraud. They call not sleeping with your partner fraud. This is how serious. I'm not the one that wrote it. I wasn't there. They said the fraud you not the other, except it be what? With consent. For what? A time, meaning a short time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not because of your incontinency. They are saying, look, it's fraud to say I'm doing 21 days fast and I'm not having sex with my partner. It's fraud. They says, except you tell your partner, hey, it's 21 days, I want to, you know, focus on the things of God, I don't want to have sex. And it's okay with the partner. If it's not okay with your partner, see, God is saying, look, it doesn't matter to me. That you are having sex or not. If you, I'm talking about married people, oh, please. I don't know why I have to explain this kind of thing in church. But let me just explain it just for the sake of it. You know? Yeah, I'm just, he, said, he said, but with consent for a time. So it's not all fast that means you can't have sex. It's not all fast. People just share. Some people see sex as dirty in the first place. They're thinking, I can't fast and have sex. Because they see sex as a dirty thing. It's your mind that is dirty. Sex is a beautiful thing. And, yes, for married people, though, somebody's too happy there. I don't know whether the same happiness is what we are talking about. <laughs> Praise God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, 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 it says with, with, with consent for a time. And it's not all fast that includes sex. There are some fast that it's okay to be doing. See, because the, the way the Bible says, if you read the other verses and all that, the Bible says sex is like your duty. It's your duty to your partner. Other versions will explain that there. It's your duty to your partner. So you can't put off your rent because you're fasting. Don't talk to me about rent this 21 days and fast. No, you cannot say that. It's your duty. You can't tell your boss, I'm not going to come to work this week. Don't talk to me, I'm fasting. No. So they say, the same thing with, your, with, with meeting the needs of your spouse is part of your duty. Do you see how Christianity works? But some people want to make it one, one, one um, thing that is abstract. That I'm fasting. Don't touch me. Because throughout this prayer, I got many complaints from pastors, not, not in our church, as you know, I, I pastor, I, I literally, you know, um, minister to a lot of in the body of Christ. So people send messages that, ah, my wife is not doing anything, my husband is not doing anything, he says fasting. Mm-mm-mm, don't Bible. 
Bible says, show a short time. And it's with consent. If your wife still says, my, my brother, I need you. See, it won't distract anything because God is not displeased by it. It's not dirty. In fact, having sex can even help distraction. As opposed to cause distraction. Because people say, if you have sex, in fact, it's distracting. No, sometimes if your mind is wandering, maybe having that sex will help your mind go and stay in one place. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I said, 996. Okay, this version says it well. Let him render due benevolence. Thank you. You can give me that. Let me just read it for you. So let the husband render unto the wife what? Give me a version that, that the due benevolence is not uh, English today. Give me a version that, that will help us. Ah, uh, no, I want something that, the part of it says duty. It says duty. Uh-huh, thank you. He said, the husband should do what? Do you see that? It's your duty. You can't go to work and say, I'm fasting this week, I'm not coming. No. For your duty to your wife, and likewise the wife, what? Husband. He said, the wife does not have authority over what? Her own body, yet, but yields it to the husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority of his, over his own body, and does what? Yields it to his wife. See, but people don't teach like this. They say, hey, we are fasting, no sex for one day. That's, it's not Bible, it's your personal preference. We, we appreciate that. But that's not doctrine. It should not be taught to people as something they have to do. It can be, you can gist them and say, ah, in my house when I'm fasting like this, I don't look at my wife and say, it's a gist. And we say, God bless you. Because what Paul said at the end of this thing is that every man has his own proper gift. Everybody has the area where they are flowing. You know some people say, well, fasting or no fasting, they're not eating. You know people like that. They don't eat before. So if they come and ask, join us that are really fasting, they say, my brother, shift from here. Do you know what you are going through? I guess what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So let's, let's be clear. So let, let me round up one more. On that belief people have is that when I fast, it makes me, uh, there are some, some demons, this type, go ahead, not out. By fasting and prayer. DJ, give me that scripture. I think it's in Matthew. So there was a certain child that had demon issues. And by the way, demons exist. They are real, of course. And um, the Bible said these people came to the disciples of Jesus for him to cast for them to cast out this devil. You know, um, give me the gist now. Give me the story. He said, so they, they, they came. Give me the story, DJ. And I want it on my own screen because I can't. I don't want to turn back. Okay. He said, then came this. No, I want the story. You're not giving me the story. Okay, but let me just continue from here. So I've just said you now. So this guy was demon possessed. This person is just typing what they like. Oh. After I don't praise you now. Now so life be. Don't praise people. See, secrets to life. If person they perform, just bone. You could perform good. The moment you praise them, you could not begin miss. <laughs> don't praise anybody in this life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He said, and when they were come to the multitude and all that, they came and said, man, kneeling down to him and saying, mm-hmm, Lord, have mercy on my son. Uh, <laughs> have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and so vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oftentimes into the water. I mean, this was serious. He said, and I brought him to thy disciples and they could not, what, cure him. Next verse. He said, and Jesus answered and said, Oh, what? And perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? He said, bring him hither to me. 
He says, and Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Next verse. He said, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, bros, <laughs> why could we not, why could not we cast him out? Good question. And Jesus said what? And Jesus said unto them, what? I can't hear you. What did Jesus say was the problem? What did Jesus say was the problem? Very important. Because Africans have turned it to fasting. What he said is the reason you could not cast him out is because of what? Your unbelief. Everything we do in the New Testament is tied to our faith. It started with our faith. It will end with our faith. How did you become born again? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever what? Believes. In that sentence, did giving or believing come first? In John three sixteen, Giving or believing, which one came first? I can't hear you. Giving or believing, which one came first? So most things we are praying for, from God's end, it has been given. We are not asking God for what he has not given us. No. God is not going to start running around now. God, I need a job. He said, hey, Jumoken is a job. Jumoken is a job. Is there land in VI? I want to buy a company. I want to build a company. This is what what people think God is doing. So he called this company. Let's start building. No. It has been given. He said, but when you believe is when you receive. Your believing is your withdrawal. Oh. I can preach one year on John 3.16. It's my favorite scripture. In fact, my car number is 3.16. This is my car out here. The number is 3.16. I can, I can eat this. I can preach it one year and not finish it. The whole Bible is summarized in John 3.16. Anything they're teaching you anywhere outside John 3.16 that is not, doesn't line up here is not, is not, is not God's stand. For God so loved the world. So love comes first. After that, they say, and he did what? He gave. This is why we don't pray for Jesus to come. I mean, in terms of um, coming to our, our heart. No, he has been given. We pray to receive. It's not that when we pray, God says, hey, we need to send Jesus. So, Jesus, are you busy now? Somebody wants to receive you. Go. No. From God's end, he has given. He said, whosoever does what? Believed in him should not perish, but what? Receive, basically. So, it is... From when you believe that you receive. So everything in Christianity is tied to your believing. That's why I say it's without faith. Faith means believing. Without faith, it is impossible. They didn't say without fasting. And this doesn't mean fasting is not good. But you must understand the premise where how the covenant is working all together. Are you here, somebody? Say without faith, it is impossible. So our Christianity is built on. That's why it's called the faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? So... He says, um, why could we not cast out the devil? He said, it's the same issue globally. He said, because of your own belief. Let's finish reading the scripture. And just said, because of your own belief. For verily I say unto you, if you have what? Faith. Do you see? What was Jesus teaching about here? Faith. He said, the problem is your own belief. And he continued. Say, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove from here and go to yonder place. And he shall what? Remove. I like that. It looks like pigeon. It shall remove. And what? Are you, is this in your Bible? He said what? Nothing. 
It's not fasting that makes nothing impossible. It is faith that makes nothing impossible. And I told you, you must always interpret scripture in the light of other scriptures. Throughout the Bible, you will see things like, you know, if you can believe, all things are possible. You will see things like, to him that believeth, all things. So, you, so it, this lines up with the general other scriptures. Are you getting what I'm saying? Whenever you see one scripture saying something that looks like it contradicts other scriptures, just know that you've not fully understood what that scripture says. That's all. Because Bible never contradicts itself. It's just, just your level of understanding has not grown to that point. But Bible never contradicts itself. All right. Go, let's finish. He said, um, and you shall remove, and you shall remove, and nothing is impossible to you. Next verse. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by what? So this people have said, oh, if you don't fast, there's some demons that can't go. No. If you look at the whole scriptures, it's clear that we have authority over devils. He said, the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee bows. Our authority is already in Christ. So it's not fasting that makes Satan fear us. However, they are saying that if you don't have a practice of fellowshipping with God, you will never be aware of your authority over devils. That's what fasting does for us. The more you fast, the more... Check, check when you fast and you really fasting. You notice that you are so in touch with spiritual things. That's what it is. It's not that they give you new rank when you fast. No. You are just in touch with your real rank. They don't promote you in fasting. What they do is that they help you become aware of what you already have. So they say, look, this kind of situations, if you, if you, if you, and, okay, let's look at it. Let's assume it's even fasting that makes them must go. Did Jesus fast that day? He didn't fast that day. And, okay, what day are you going to meet? Do you know the, do you, have, do you have an appointment with the demon? So how will you know the day you need to fast? If fasting removes demon, and you're going to meet demon August 15, the demon has to write you a letter now for you to fast August 15, Abby, or for you to fast August 14. In preparation of the demon. So you, you, you never know when you're going to meet any demon. So they're saying, look, live a spiritually fit life. So any day, anywhere, any challenge comes, you already have the awareness, you have the consciousness to take authority over it. Check your decision making when you're fasting and really in tune with God. You, you, even, even the things that look like your thoughts, you are thinking in a certain way. But check when you're not fasting and you're eating beans. Eba, shawama. You are always confused, anxious, fearful. So, really, the real thing that is affected by your fast and prayer is your faith. Because it's so real to you. Not demons. We don't drive demons by fasting and prayer. I don't know if somebody grew today. Did you grow a bit today? Hallelujah. So, join in the fast. And don't beg the devil. Don't beg God either. God doesn't want you to beg him. Doesn't want to beg him. He wants you to ask him. There's a difference. Matthew 7. Say, ask and you shall receive. Not beg. Begging is coming from an inferior point. Asking is coming from a place of joy. Let me ask you one last question as we pray. Where's Sammy Smith? Amaka. Have you did you have you bought did you buy Isaac and Isabella Christmas gift? Eh, you did. What did you buy? Can you remember? toys and they opened it in your presence and they were happy Abby. how did you feel if you have children you love when you bless them you are almost happier than them when you bless them
See, the Bible says God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Did you put that scripture up? See, God takes pleasure. See, God is happy when you are well-dressed. God is happy when you have extra. God is happy when you have a loaded account. Glory to God. I said glory to God. God is happy when you drive a fine car. See, eh? My 50th birthday. It's Rolls Royce I want. Wait, no, I don't. Uh, jet, I'm see that jet, eh? I've made inquiries. I'm not sure I like jet like that. I need it, oh, but the wahala involved inside. There are some places if you take your jet, you can't leave it there. Oh. They have this, the jet has to go back home. Then when you're ready to leave, they come back and pick you. When they tell me the many story, I say, now nah, wow. Mm. So I'm still thinking about the jet. So I've, I've not ruled it out. But the one I'm sure. If it's a bad day, it's Rose Royce I want to. Yeah. Church members might not take pleasure. <laughs> oh, I'm preaching now. <laughs> I'm preaching now. Internet members might not take pleasure in the prosperity of these servants. But you see, God. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you here, somebody? He said, let them shout for joy. Woo! He said, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Say, yea, let them shout continually. Let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. God, God is happy. So my fifth year, they want to buy. Uh, no, no, I want to buy. I want to have. I, I, I don't think I'll buy it. Somebody will give me, or people will give me. I'll have it. You see, you must be clear when you make declarations. Don't say you will buy. No, God can give. Send somebody to give you. Yeah, so it will be a Rolls Royce race. Drop top. It has to be drop top. I don't know why people buy some kind of car and they cover it. If people don't see you inside, how do you, why, what, what's the purpose? Ah, I'm on the greeting people. Then, and when you're driving a good car, both people that know you and people that don't know you, they greet you. So if I wind up, how would I be greeting people that want Mark? How would I be people that want to greet me? I need to drop top, drop it down as I'm driving. Are you here, Samuel? And the number plate will be 419. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the number plate. That's my number plate. 419. Nigerian police head go to scatter. When they see me. You mean you are 419? I say yes. I started 419 before Yahoo Boy started it. Hallelujah. What is 419? Philippians 4. 19. Hallelujah. He said, for the Lord shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Woo! Come on, rise to your feet and give the Lord a big shout. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Give him a praise this morning. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. God takes pleasure in your prosperity. God wants you to drive a nice car. He wants you to have a happy marriage. 
wants you to have healthy children. He wants you to have a good job. He wants to live in a good house. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? He takes pleasure. That means he's happy when you are happy. When he looks at you driving that car, he says, oh, see my son Jethro. This car fits you. My wife, my wife is a, is a children's shopper. She doesn't buy things for herself, but she loves to shop for children. Sometimes when I see my kids bathed up, the only issue that I know is my accounts that went down. But I take pleasure in how good they look in the clothes their mom bought for them. I'm almost happier than them. Somebody get what I'm saying? And if me, being evil, can be happy about giving good gifts to my children, how much more your heavenly father. Glory to God. When you understand that, you will never beg your father again. You will never beg him. You insult him when you beg him. Because you make him look like he's unwilling. You only beg people that are unwilling. Are you here, somebody? Are you here, somebody? If I've told you that whenever you need my car, come and take it. When you need it, you don't beg me again. Do you beg me again? What do you do? You ask me. Do you understand why begging is not for believers? We don't beg our father. We ask him. It's not because we are proud. He doesn't even like you to beg him. You see, when you ask him, he, he makes him happy because he knows it means you too, you know who you are in his life. Are you here, somebody? Do you know there are some people that they are so close to you and you, you, you are so favorably disposed to them. If they ask you something more than once, you are, you are not happy. And maybe they ask you and they are, they are explaining. You say, you don't need to explain. You need 5K. So I they send you 10K. You say, eh, I know, I'm sorry. You, say, you tell, no worry. You don't have to what? Explain. I'm favorably disposed to you. I'm looking for a chance to bless you. Oh, somebody's going to enjoy this year. I say somebody's going to enjoy this year. If it's you, can you lift your voice this morning? Give them a praise. Woo! Glory to God. Can I speak over the house one minute? If you are here, please all heads bowed. If you are here and you're not born again, please let me pray with you. So that you can join and, and, and be the son or daughter of our father. If you are here, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Christ. It means God is not here, your father. You can't join in this thing we are saying. You must accept him as your Lord and Savior. So lift your hand wherever you are. You want to give your life to Jesus this morning. Can you raise your hand? You want to say, Pastor, I'm not born again and I want to be born again. Raise your hand wherever you are. Let's, let me pray with you quickly. Let me pray with you quickly. Anybody here like that? Upstairs, downstairs. You want to give your life to Jesus. Or maybe you want to rededicate your life. You used to be born again, but you have lost your flow with God. Anybody? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. There's nobody here like that. Usher, is there anybody? Alright. Glory to God. Let me speak a word over you. Father, I thank you for your children this morning. Thank you because we enjoy your, your favor. As we go into the new week, things will fall in place. You will fight for us. You will give us guidance. You will give us wisdom. You give us strength to fast and pray throughout this week. And Lord, as we spend time with you, we will be more in touch with the realities of what you have provided for us. In the mighty name of Jesus.